Who are the top five newcomers that I believe will make an impact for BYU in 2024 that are joining the program this upcoming semester? We're talking about that. We're also talking about BYU's search for their 10th and final assistant coach for Kalani Sitake. It's all ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And we are brought to you today by our title sponsor in FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team win. Simple as that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, let's dive right in on uh, today's podcast. And I originally had an intention to uh, scrounge up a list of all the return missionaries and newcomers to the BYU football program going into the new year. But one of our eagle-eyed uh, listeners slash viewers uh, that's part of our subtext community, and by the way, I should also give a plug for that. If you've not joined our subtext community, it's a great way to interact with the show, interact with myself directly. Uh, and it's simple simple as sending a text message uh, via your cellular device. So I uh, really uh, appreciate uh, this. And uh, Dave pointed out, I said, Jake, maybe you should hold off on doing a full list of the return missionaries coming back for BYU because, as he points out, BYU still has time to add guys to the roster as late as potentially January 15th. Uh, I think it's when the add drop deadline typically is a week after school begins for BYU and uh, BYU classes for the winter semester begin January. January 8th, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, he said it may be worth uh, holding off on that because at that point, then BYU will actually have gotten uh, potentially a quarterback, a running back, whoever it might be, via the transfer portal enrolled. And then you can have that full list of newcomers, including potential RMs that uh, may uh, you think are going to come back this semester, but maybe gray shirting until the summer or even uh, on in till next winter. So I think it was a very good point made by Dave, but I want, did want to uh, not leave you guys empty handed on that front. I want to talk about the five newcomers I think will have the biggest impact for BYU from my vantage point right now going into 2024. Now, the number one guy for me is a linebacker. Jack Kelly was an absolute stud the past two years for Weber State, More, most particularly this past year. It's undeniable that he had a Kyle Van Noy-esque type season for Weber State. Now, can he translate that to the FBS slash Power 5 football level and do it for BYU in 2024? Well, if he does, he has leveled up and BYU got an absolute steal via the transfer portal. With the return of Ben Bywater, him and Jack Kelly look like the two leaders for BYU at that linebacker position going into 2024. Kelly will already have familiarity with the system that Jay Hill runs on defense, having played for Coach Hill for one season uh, before Coach Hill joined BYU. Obviously has some affinity for Coach Hill and decided to uh, make the move from Ogden to Provo to join the BYU football program. And it cannot be overstated how big of an impact Jack Kelly might have for BYU, especially with the departures of both Max Tooley as well as A.J. Vongpachan from this year. 
You needed an impact guy at linebacker. And I'm not saying that all the other linebackers on BYU's roster aren't capable. They actually have quite a few young linebackers who I'm very, very intrigued with. But when you can get an impact-type player at a position that's got a relative strength for BYU, that's the reason why I'm picking Jack Kelly as one of the impact guys. I really think he's got the capability of being a pass rusher, uh, just an overall stud at linebacker, and helping bolster BYU's front seven that was quite leaky uh, down the stretch. And a big part of that will be a, a need for improved defensive line play in front of him, which brings me to uh, impact player number two, and that is Danny Saili uh, coming into BYU. BYU obviously flipped him from Texas Tech late in the recruiting process. Texas Tech had also uh, flipped him from Oklahoma. But this is a kid who is an absolute, just a stout individual in the middle coming from the junior college ranks. Saili is listed at six foot three, 355 pounds. He's an absolute load in the middle of a defensive line and something that BYU severely lacked last year. I, I talked about this often, that Jackson Cravens was BYU's best defensive tackle. He's absolutely awesome in his lone season as a Cougar, but the, the tough part was, the other guy whenever he was on the field with him, seemed to be the weak spot for BYU on that defensive line. I think with David Latu, John Nelson, Luke uh, Toa Malatai, and now Danny Saili uh, showing up that defensive tackle position for BYU, it goes from one of being a relative weakness, and just one that you're uh, terrified of, to being one that I think could be very, very strong for BYU, and I think Saili's absolutely got the ability to make BYU's rush defense in particular, that much better just simply due to the fact it's hard to move a 355-pound human being. I played in high school as a 220-pound offensive guard, and I went up against a couple of guys who weighed 280, 290. Uh, one in particular, many might recall the name of Matt Reynolds, former BYU star offensive tackle. He played some defensive tackle for Timview, and I had the luxury or the, I guess, the, the assignment to try and block that dude. Well, uh, Matt Reynolds is already 300 pounds in high school, and I can tell you it's hard to move guys of that size, and I think Danny Saili at 355 pounds is going to be much harder to move than most people realize, just simply due to the size he's got. He's got a very good strength, plays with great leverage on his tape, uh, so the hope is that he'll translate that to BYU. Impact player number three for me for BYU will stick with the defense, and it's Trey Alexander, Therion, uh, Therion Alexander, out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. He is a guy that BYU was super, super high on. He's got the size requisite to compete at the Power 5 football level at six foot two, 170 pounds. And if he can come into BYU as a true freshman and play like I think he's capable of, you're talking about a guy who could be a multi-year starter for BYU. Might be one of those a rare three and done if everything pans out the way that I think he envisions it for BYU. He's got that type of ability and BYU is very, very excited to have him in their football program. The advantage he will have as a true freshman is the fact that he's enrolling this winter. He'll be enrolling early and will get to go through spring ball with BYU Learn the defense from Jay Hill. Talk with guys like Jacob Robinson who can uh, uh, kind of coach him up on what he needs to do. And there's a decent opportunity for him if he is as good as advertised that he could be a day one contributor for BYU at cornerback. I'm not going to say he's going to start right away, but he's got the ability to be in that two deep right away at cornerback. And that would be a major, major plus for BYU to have him come be in an impact player for the Cougars. Impact player number four, flipping over to the offense. 
Reiner Swanson. Now, Reiner is joining a tight end group that's got a number of bodies there, including fellow four-star prospect Jackson Bowers, who was redshirted this past season. And Bowers, obviously, he's got the bona fides to be a guy that I think BYU is going to look forward to seeing on the football field. But Reiner Swanson, similar to Trey Alexander, is enrolling in January. He has plans to play one year, then go on a mission. As I understand it, he is still just uh, he's 17 years old, or just under that, or something like something to that effect, where he's young enough, he'll play an entire year for BYU and then uh, decide on his future, which apparently includes plans to go on a mission. But the fact that he's enrolling in January, similar to Trey Alexander, Reiner Swanson's got an NFL ready, not an NFL ready, ready buddy, a college football power five level body. Six foot five, I think they listed him at 230 pounds. He moves with grace and agility and you watch his tape from Laguna Beach High School. He is a smooth athlete. And that's one thing I like about Reiner Swanson. And I believe he can come in and really impact that tight end position because of the fact he will come in and have a full nine months to get himself ready for the rigors of playing in the Big 12 at the Power 5 football level. And I think BYU will benefit from having him in that tight end unit. And hopefully it'd be fun to see him and Jackson Bowers really emerge this spring and show that they've got two future uh I guess thoroughbreds is the best way to term it at often at the tight end position that absolutely can impact this offense for Aaron Roderick. It'd be fun to see him do his thing and we'll see where it ultimately pans out. Now, one other player that I'm looking forward to, he's a guy coming home off of a mission is Dominique McKenzie. Now Marcus obviously was a sensa- sensation last year on punt coverage and also at cornerback before being lost for the season due to an injury. Well, his twin brother, Dominique, a star track athlete and an incredible wide receiver out of the St. George area is is finally going to be home from a mission and will be enrolling at BYU in January, as I understand it. I had a conversation with Marcus during the season. They say he's very much excited to see his twin brother uh, back home off of a mission. And Dominique McKenzie has got all of the speed to be an impact player for BYU on offense if his body is capable of recovering in time. He's got nine months uh, plus to get ready for the upcoming season. And what Marcus McKenzie did coming home off of his mission, if Dominique McKenzie is anywhere near that level, you're talking about a guy that could already compete as a true freshman for the BYU football program in a wide receiving core that's got a number, if not all, of their production back from last year. So those five guys I'm very, very excited for. The nice part is all of them, I believe, are enrolling early at BYU. What I mean by enrolling early is they're enrolling here in winter semester starting in January. We'll have the full complement of going through off-season conditioning workouts, spring ball, summer practices, player-run practices throughout that period, and then obviously during training camp leading up to the 2024 football season, they will be as well-versed as you could possibly hope for uh, to come in and make that impact for BYU. The only question I have is on a guy like Danny Saili and if he enrolls early or not, but I still only, uh, I, I'm not necessarily as concerned for him because, it, like I said, 355 pounds. Even if he's just a run stopper on first and second down, that's good enough for this BYU defense because the rush defense was a very, very weak uh, part of BYU this past year, and you need somebody that can hold up in the middle. So I think those five guys are very, very capable of having a major impact for BYU. And I'll toss in a six. It's also at the wide receiver position, and that is the name Cody Hagan. Now you talk about Dominique McKenzie and true track speed. Well, Cody Hagan was his contemporary in the uh, track world, but uh, production on the football field, unmatched. 
match. Cody Hagen was absolutely incredible his senior year for Corner Canyon. Now, as I understand it, he's going to be getting back late spring, early summer, so he will have a shorter period of time if he doesn't roll at BYU right away. There's a chance BYU could gray shirt him and push him into next winter uh, after the upcoming football season. But if he is as good uh, as I believe he can be for BYU when he gets enrolled, there's no reason to think that he can't come in if his body's ready to go and contribute for BYU. So I guess that's a little bit of a, a sixth uh, impact guy. Uh, if there's anybody else you guys think could have that type of an impact for BYU this year, whether it's a return missionary, uh, a junior college transfer, a grad transfer, uh, tr- portal uh, addition for BYU or simply one of those RM slash high school athletes that is enrolling at BYU that you think can be that guy for the Cougars drop it in the notes below on YouTube a tweet at us or uh, drop us a note on social media, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, we're at Locked On Cougars or send me a note, Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter or you also can drop always drop us an email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com and I guess the final way to contact us is via subtext, send us a text and uh, obviously I'll be uh, happy uh, to weigh in with that. Now I had a great question asked of me on our subtext community that's going to uh, kind of dominate our, our next conversation here on the show. And it's regarding BYU's 10th and final assistant coach that they have yet to hire after the hire of TJ Woods uh, brought the total to nine guys under Kalani Sitake. What is BYU targeting with that 10th position? And uh, who might uh, they be looking at for that uh, job? Whether it's a tight ends coach, some of you want it to be a quarterbacks coach, a dedicated quarterbacks coach. We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, uh, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot with our friends at FanDuel. NFL playoffs are literally on deck, my friends. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Simple as that. The best part about FanDuel is not just have to be uh, NFL. If you want to bet on college bowl games, the upcoming college football playoff, NBA college hoops with BYU absolutely rocking and rolling in basketball, they've got it all available to you guys now with our friends at FanDuel. You've been thinking about joining the FanDuel? There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, daily specials, and many, many more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and have some fun this NFL season or whatever season you happen to be into. Once again, it's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get uh, started today. It's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Perry Homes. Now, Perry Homes, uh, whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream, home, Perry Homes has got a house for you. Simple as that. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state and they have many communities, home designs, and price points, all with you, the consumer, in mind, all designed to meet your needs. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties along the Wasatch Front. Also, multiple communities in Washington County near St. George if you want to get down to southern Utah and live down that way. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories of townhomes and the best part is they have quick moving homes available if you're ready to move now and they're offering Offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well. So get started today, my friends, and visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah's been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I uh, wanted to encourage you guys, if you have not done so already, sign up for our subtext community. Uh, you can get a direct interaction with me, uh, insider tidbits before they get on the podcast as soon as I have them. Uh, the best part of it coming in the new year is I'll be out at practices and games, you know, to pass along notes as I, as I see them literally in real time. And the best part is you're not having to go to an app to find them, whether it's uh, X or anything else. It comes directly to your phone in the form of a text. It's as simple, simple as that, my friends. So really I encourage you guys 
guys to sign up today. It's a 14-day free trial, $4.99 a month after that. Uh, and like I said, it's a direct line of communication with myself. And you guys can be uh, in the know, as it as it were, uh, with uh, our great community we're building there on Subtext. I think we got 50 subscribers and counting. And I've got goals in the new year to make it a big, big part of the podcast. I would encourage you guys to check that out. And that's where I wanted to talk about a question I got today uh, from one of our Subtext, uh, uh, I guess, community. Uh, comes uh, via Ethan. And Ethan asked this question. He's Jake, uh, what have you heard on the 10th assistant position for BYU? Are they looking at a tight ends coach? Are they going to go after another uh, position in terms of maybe a quarterback's coach? What can you tell us about that? Well, I talked yesterday uh, a little bit about what BYU is trying to do in the transfer portal. And I think the thing about this is I talked about the fact when it comes to the quarterback position for BYU, they want to find the right option for them, whether that could be a guy like Gary Bohannon, who's been uh, strongly linked to BYU. Uh, But I think the similar type situation is the BYU, as I talked about yesterday with the quarterbacks, is slow playing this a little bit, trying to find the right addition to their coaching staff. Now, as I would expect it, it ultimately does end up being a tight ends coach. That's just my personal gut feeling on it as they will replace Steve Clark's position with a tight ends coach that will coach that position. But I think BYU wants to find a guy who is a dynamic recruiter and has probably got uh, the experience at the Power 5 football level to come in and help BYU make inroads in other areas of the country, in Big 12 country, if at all, uh, if at all possible. Now, the thing about this is the reason why they may be slow playing it a little bit is they want to see who all is available after bowl games wrap up. Coaches are notorious for moving as soon as bowl games wrap up. Coaches, uh, their head coach tells them, hey, I need you to hang on staff through the end of our bowl game. When the season is officially over, you're free to do whatever you want to do. And that's that's really when things get moving. There is that AFCA coaches convention that comes up in January. Uh, I've had a number of coaches tell me that that is like the world's biggest job fair in the college coaching world. Guys are interviewing all the time and talking with guys they know and uh, making moves uh, in their career. So that also could be a place for Kalani Satake to go and find his 10th and uh, final position coach. But I, I do expect it to be a tight ends coach. Now, the question is, why wouldn't it be a quarterback's coach? Maybe take something off the plate of a guy like Aaron Roderick. Let me introduce you guys. If you've not uh, met the uh, heard, or I guess met, the, uh, met would be uh, kind of funny, but if you've not heard the name Matt Mitchell, I would encourage you to get to know that name. Matt Mitchell is currently working with BYU. BYU as a uh, uh, offensive analyst. For lack of a better term, he is the the uh, co- assistant quarterbacks coach for BYU. He has got bona fide credentials as a position coach, and it wouldn't surprise me if BYU strikes out in other avenues of replacing that position group, that you could see Matt Mitchell elevated to being a full-time assistant coach for the BYU football program. He is that talented. He is that good of a coach. He is that good of an offensive mind. There's a reason why Aaron Roderick has kept him on staff and has him as his personal assistant quarterbacks coach. Now, does that mean that he has got the responsibility for all the quarterbacks under Aaron Roderick's uh, tutelage? No, because Aaron Roderick has the uh, title of offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So Aaron, obviously, is the guy that's leading the way on that side of things, and I think that will continue to be that. I think it will be A-Rod being BYU's OC and QB's coach uh, for the foreseeable future. I understand why you would do that. You want the best player, the most impactful player uh, on the football field to be coached up by the guy who's calling plays for him on Saturdays. But you cannot discount what a guy like Matt Mitchell is doing. The best part about a guy like Matt Mitchell is if you've been paying attention to BYU's offers during the transfer portal era, or I guess this past transfer portal cycle that's ongoing right now, 
notice uh, who they uh, tag on social media a lot of the time. Coach Meech, and that is Matt Mitchell's uh, Twitter handle. He has been elevated as a special, I guess, in the interim without the 10th assistant coach. He has been elevated to be that 10th assistant coach to go out on the recruiting trail and help uh, find guys for BYU. Most notably, he's been working in the transfer portal and finding quarterback prospects. He's offered a number of 2024 guys, transfer portal quarterbacks, and also even 2025 class uh, QBs as well. And he is a guy who I really think you need to get to know the name of. A lot of people out there are crowing that BYU needs to go out and get a guy like John Beck to come in and be BYU's quarterbacks coach. John Beck would be awesome. But here's the thing. John Beck is making a heck of a lot more money doing what he's doing at 3D QB than he would ever make as an assistant coach at BYU. John loves, breathes, bleeds BYU, but there's a certain component of financial interest that you've absolutely got to uh, factor in. And I think that he is looking at that in maybe as most notably of why he's not joined the BYU staff. And oh, by the way, he gets to work with like every quarterback around the country, whether it's top level NFL draft guys, current NFL star quarterbacks, and even guys at BYU have gone and worked with him. Keaton Slovis, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall. Uh, I would imagine Jake Retzloff has gotten some tutelage from him. He's doing great work uh, kind of as an ancillary guy on the outside. Matt Mitchell has got the bona fides. I use that term a lot, but he's got the credentials to really be that coach that BYU needs at that quarterback position. Now, the quarterback play last year, I get it disappointed. Keaton Slovis, obviously, when he went down injured, and then Jake Retzloff going 0-4, for 0-4, I should say, down the stretch. That left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. But I can tell you, it left a bitter taste maybe more so in the mouths of guys like Aaron Roderick and Matt Mitchell, and they are doing their absolute darndest to rectify that by finding the best quarterback or quarterbacks We'll see what thing, how things pan out to come in and join this BYU football program. They might be higher on Jake Retzloff than anybody out there, and that's why they haven't necessarily added a, a number of portal guys. And they're very well maybe thinking that a guy like Noah Lugo could come in and be a, an impact guy for BYU as a true freshman. But get to know the name Matt Mitchell. He is a guy who was on staff who's already been working for years with BYU's quarterbacks, and there's a reason why he is sticking around BYU. There's a reason why BYU values him so highly, and I would hope that BYU holds on to him for a while longer because I really, really like his style and the way he goes about uh, his his work as an offensive analyst, and I think like I said the ostensibly his unofficial title is the assistant quarterbacks coach for Brigham Young University. All right, that, hopefully that answered the question for you, Ethan. But uh, if it didn't, uh, feel free to reach out. And if you have other questions, I'd be happy to lend my expertise as much as possible and answer those questions for you guys. But uh, like I said, I do give uh, priority to questions sent into our subtext community because I'm going to reward you all uh, for being uh, as loyal as you are and obviously contributing financially uh, to the show via that method. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to round out today's show with a couple of notes on BYU basketball. Got some intel on some injury uh, concerns for BYU. They have one more game in the non-conference slate against Wyoming coming up on Saturday, and then it's on like Donkey Kong. It is Big 12 basketball season, and uh, it's going to be an interesting race. And how is BYU shaping up health-wise? We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. The Learn and Earn feature part of the UCCU mobile banking app that is paying your entire family to learn about money. Uh, I had a New Year's resolution to start using this, the Learn and Earn feature, to learn a little bit bit smarter and uh, learn more about money. Well, I started using it yesterday, and i got to say, it's actually kind of fun. It's got a new uh, style of breaking down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. And every time a family member, including myself, uh, completes a topic, you earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like 
like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every, every member of the family, and the plan is to get my wife and daughter involved here in the near future. All of us can compete against one another and track our progress on leaderboards. The best part is Learn and Earn is available inside the UCC mobile banking app, so you can literally play at any time, anywhere. And the more you play, the more you learn. And of course, the more you learn, the more you earn. It's all available now at part of Learn and Earn, part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun with becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league in the country. Uh, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube today and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 stream, streaming channel right now. All right. Uh, BYU basketball ranked 14th in the country. Obviously, riding high right now. Uh, the metrics out there, if you look at the stats, you look at the net ratings, you look at KenPalm.com, you look at uh, the coaches poll where BYU is actually 12th in that poll. There's a lot of good things going for BYU basketball right now. The only concern is there's a few guys who've been on the lamb, as it were, and you'd like to see them get healthy in time for Big 12 conference season. Now, one of them uh, did make his debut recently. That's Dawson Baker. Now, he has been slowed by a foot injury that uh, knocked him out of pretty much all of the offseason. He missed their overseas tour, even though he was on the tour, if I recall correctly, but never played. He's been coming back from a foot injury uh, that uh, apparently is still hampering him to a degree. Does that mean that he's going to be able to contribute Tribute to the level that he wants to in Big 12 Conference play. That is still the hope for BYU, but if it gets any worse, don't be surprised if Dawson Baker sees his season curtailed and maybe he pursues a medical hardship waiver to get the year of eligibility back. This is a kid who is an all Big Big West, excuse me, not Big 12, all Big West honoree, a multi-time uh, all-conference player at the Big West uh, level playing for UC Irvine. He has got the capability of being an impact player for BYU, but if he's not healthy, why would you ha- uh, keep throwing him out there if he can't contribute to the level you'd like him to? So that that is one thing to monitor there. Now, BYU is feeling Feeling fairly confident that Jackson Robinson is trending up. I would have imagined that if it were, let's say, Cincinnati last week when BYU took on Bellerman, uh, he probably would have played that ankle injury. I think BYU's been very, very uh, just careful, making sure that he is 100%. Uh, Jackson Robinson has got all of the ability to be an NBA guy next year. That's crazy to consider, but uh, we're starting to see more and more people pay attention to him in the draft process. I think it was uh, NBADraft.net last week said that he is uh, potentially the top senior prospect in the NBA draft this upcoming year. And I know that uh, being a senior in the NBA draft is actually kind of a a bad thing because you've been dominating a lower, uh, I guess not lower level, but a younger competition. Uh, The guys that are 18 and 19 and you're 21 or 22. But those guys are still capable of contributing at a high level. Look at a guy like Jaime Jaquez uh, out of UCLA. He played three or four years for the Bruins and he's been an absolute stud uh, early on as a rookie for the Miami Heat. Jackson Robinson has got that type of potential and people are starting to notice it. And the thing is that I think that he will play this week against Wyoming, test that ankle out, make sure he's ready to go and get kind of that rhythm back before BYU actually enters Big 12 play. That leaves the final question mark injury-wise for BYU right now. What is the status of Fuseni Traore? Uh, he has been out uh, since they played down there in Las Vegas. It was Arizona State, I believe, when he got injured. And he, we've not seen him since. He's been sitting on the bench in, in a warm-up uh, uniform 
uh, for most of this uh, stretch run of the non-conference slate. BYU absolutely needed him in their lone loss against Utah, and I can tell you BYU's going to need him when Big 12 play kicks off against Cincinnati on January 6th, and obviously the uh, two-month gauntlet they're going to go through uh, with the Big 12 slate. Uh, I am hopeful that if he's capable of going, you might throw him out there for a limited amount of minutes against uh, Wyoming, but he is kind of the big mystery that I, in my conversations with folks around the BYU basketball program, nobody really knows what his status is. And, and Mark Pope kind of alluded to this. Uh, it goes back a couple of weeks now in a post-game press conference. He said he had that hamstring injury last year, and we thought he was going to be out for a while. And then one day he wakes up, and he's feeling good to go, and we put him back on the court, and he's fine. And uh, Hamstrings are really finicky. As any of you who have suffered a hamstring injury know they can uh, last a long time. And they're very easy to uh, retweak or re-aggravate. So you got to be very careful with this, but I think BYU is doing all the right things. It is my sincere hope that Fusani Troyori, if he's not available against Wyoming, you see him against Cincinnati on January 6th, but you got to have that guy uh, for Big 12 play because you need all the weapons available to you on the court uh, for Mark Pope to have any hope it feels like uh, during Big 12 conference play this year and having a guy like Big Foose on the court, Dawson Baker, if that foot does heal up, or uh, Jackson Robinson, you got to have all these guys contributing because they are major, major parts of any success BYU hopes to have, and you got to have them on the court, and you got to have them on the court, hopefully in short order. All right, so there you go. That's what I got for you guys on this Tuesday edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys once again uh, for your continued support of the podcast. As always, uh, thank you for making it your first listen of the day. As we often say, thank you for uh, being everydayers with us here on the podcast. And also a special thank you to those of you in the subtext community as well. Really, really fun to have you guys on board. I want to encourage you guys, if you've not signed up already, uh, sign up today. All you got to do is click on the link, whether it's on these YouTube uh, channel or if you're watching this or not watching it, listening to it wherever you get your podcast, It's in the show notes. Click the link, type in your phone number, fill out a little bit of information, and simple as that, you'll be signed up. You'll be able to interact with me directly. Like I said, a 14-day free trial, $4.99 a month after that. And if it's not for you after that 14 days, cancel it and uh, no harm, no foul, but appreciate you guys checking it out all the same. So a big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll take a little more of a deeper dive for BYU basketball on their final non-conference uh, matchup against the Wyoming Cowboys, an old Mountain West and whack foe uh, coming to Provo once again in basketball. We'll talk about that and hey, anything that happens in BYU football, we'll have it covered for you as well. So until then, thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya.